coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. This week I talked with Anthony Amico at Amista on Twitter. You can find most of his, if not all of, no, just most of his uh, Dynasty content um, and his rookie content at EstablishTheRun.com. Um, had a really good chat with him. I normally end up speaking to him at least once a rookie season. It was really good good get back in touch with him and hear what he had to say about these rookies i hope you enjoy it too um just a quick heads up we're thinking about dropping the weekly grind that we live stream every wednesday on twitch and on youtube with dynasty outhouse and zach reed from the dynasty dummies and the trade addicts podcast we do basically a three-hour ama and we've had some requests to put it in podcast form so i'm thinking about dropping it on the crossroads feed see what you all think of it um, but that's for later this week, if anything. So, yeah, just a heads up. Anyway, um, hope you enjoy my conversation with uh, Amico here. It's pretty fun. It's pre- pretty lit. Yeah. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. Lazy and to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I grind my Excel sheets. Sometimes pour cold water on heat. When the mask's not adding up, you said I'm checking out. I'm just piling, working to the ground. This is how your show goes. Well, I don't really, you know, like this is. Uh... Oh yeah, for sure. Like I haven't gotten any better, man. I haven't gotten <laughs> any better. Um, I think there's. I think that this is definitely a year where there's going to be a wide range of rankings, depending on who you look. You know, who you look at, and like all respectable people that you would, you know, like. I feel like you could look at your rankings, my rankings, you know, a bunch of other people's, and and you, you get. Sorry. You're always respectful to me. Um, but you'd get, my point is that like, basically you get like a lot of different iterations of the same guys and, and you'd be able to reason it out pretty well. Uh, yeah. You try your best. Um, the NFL is always shifting, obviously. And as a coach, you probably appreciate that stuff a hell of a lot more than I do in terms of what they're trying to do and what they're succeeding at doing. One of the things we've been noticing for a few years is an increased amount of slot usage for the most you. Most utilitous? Why was I going to go to the word utilitous? I have no idea. <laughs> the highest scoring fantasy wide receivers or running backs for that matter. Well, no, just just stick with wide receivers because I know it for sure. They're getting used in the slot, increasing amounts. Does that not that specific change? But do you 
try and roll in what's going on in terms of real football in the NFL to your evaluation. Like someone like Chris Alave and um, David Bell profiles, people that work, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage is probably the best way I can say it. I'm not going to be able to prove if they're X's or they're alphas or the super duper hyper stoked up tigers or whatever they call them these days. But um, I do get the sense from their profiles that they play in a, different area of the field whereas someone like Traylon Burks or even um, Justin Ross who I have some deep interest in George Pickens they seem to be different at least in college they're performing in different roles is that something that you can wait because I obviously can't wait it where I have very limited knowledge of schemes and teams and what players and coaches are actually trying to accomplish like you do is that something that you think you try to build in a little bit more like Garrett Wilson's a big wide receiver I see a lot guy a lot of and a lot of wide receiver one ranks. Um, and it feels to me like it's because people value his skill set and maybe they think it's more util. It's going to go to the word utilitous again, more utilized in the NFL right now over someone like Burks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a good question. I don't think that, like, I think that it's always good to know, like, where players win. Like, if you have a, if you have a, a sense about that, like, it's definitely helpful, but. I'm not positive it's super quantifiable. Like I, I think I right. talk about this a lot with like someone like Jamison Williams, where I'm like, oh, I okay. think he's, I think he's probably good, but like if he's 180 pounds or whatever, and he's like a speed guy and he's just used down the field a lot, like what's that actually worth? You know, like in fantasy, like processor. Who is standing? Is Jameson Williams standing out as someone that you're you think you're lower on? Because I just had a conversation a few weeks ago with Dave Wright, who's just another points monkey nerd like myself, and we were. It's hard to break down that situation because he goes to a technically a better team and excels at an older age with lower competition levels, and in terms of the surrounding wide receiver talent, which doesn't matter to us. And me and Dave, at least overly, but it is interesting that he, um, that that was his career path, and then you're trying to figure out Wilson and Alave and JSN on the same team, um, that where he came from. Well, yeah, I mean, I think obviously the start to his career makes things really difficult to evaluate. I mean, I, I've <clears throat> I've like given up on the Ohio State wide receiver thing, like I, whatever, like that part of the puzzle is is, is what it is. I mean, he goes to Alabama and he crushes, so like obviously, like there's merit to the fact that he has some talent. I, I'm more, I'm more like, just, I want to know like how big he is. Like, that's really more like I'm in a holding pattern right now. Cause he weighed in 179 at the combine, but I know he's coming off the injury. So you figure, you know, a little atrophy, like he probably loses some weight. Like, like I need this guy to be that 190. I, right now he's my wide receiver four in the class. I, I'm okay with that. I could see him falling as low as like wide receiver six for me. Um, and obviously the final season was fantastic. So, I mean, I think he's probably pretty good. It's just a matter of like how translatable that's going to be. Like we were saying earlier, not to be, it's not a flippant question or not intended as one at all, but why do you need him to be one ninety? Yeah, it's not, I mean, I haven't like, I haven't like charted it out, but I'm like the, the success rate for guys who are like tall and skinny. Like, I don't think it's very good. <laughs> um, okay. So it's those hit rate groups. It's not to yeah, play I don't think that, that there's position. A lot of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think that there's a lot of guys who who have done it, and uh, I don't typically like to chase the outliers. So 
you got to mitigate risk your own way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, wide range. Will, I think that's probably the fairest take we're going to hear on Williams. He's got a wide range. <laughs> Anywhere down to wide yeah. receiver six, I think, fine. I have him pretty low just for the same uncertainty. What the NFL makes of him is going to make a big difference. It's going to make a big difference for all these guys. But who's the next guy? Who's, stick it, who's standing out to you most? Either way. I mean, I love anyway. I mean, I love Drake London. Like, if we're going to talk, talk about guys who are good. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of that. I heard a lot of that. I was told I was immediately low on him. And after thinking, I was fairly impressed. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Woo me with London. What does he do? Why do you like him? Well, I, I mean, he, he's big, right? Like, it, this is the opposite of the Jameis Million thing. Like, he's. Oh, okay. He's not. He's six four. He's two nineteen. Like he has the prototype. The prototype in terms of the size that you want. We don't know what he runs, but I don't really care that much to be honest. Um, <laughs> but he's just really productive. I mean, at th- this past season, he was really good. He's played with other NFL receivers like Michael Pittman, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Like, I mean, these are dudes. Like, I, I, we could say what we want about like maybe what their total ceiling is in the NFL, but like. They're in the NFL. They've been productive in the NFL. Like that's real competition at the college level. So, you know, as a freshman, he wasn't really in position to do a ton, but he still produced. Uh, you know, he produced some numbers for you. And then in 2020, he outgained St. Brown, which I think is somewhat significant. So, you know, now he's the guy. He does all this work, and uh, I, I, I just think like when I look at his range of outcomes and I look at the comparable players, that's pretty much like how I'm evaluating a lot of these guys. Um, I mean, there's just, there's just like not a miss on the list. Like I, I like the worst, like the worst possible outcome for, for Drake London is like Michael Floyd, who is like not very good per se, but like not a zero either. So, I mean, he had potential. I like right, him. right, yeah, yeah, potential. Right, it's a very kind. Of it. <laughs> he so, <gets> like, <laughs> the thing that I really like about London is just that uh, he was also a basketball player at USC. Okay. So, 2021 was really the first season that he focused exclusively on football. Oh, that's and fantastic I, I th- context. Yeah, so I think that we've seen this in the past with, uh, you know, I know this was true for Mahomes. I want to say Cole Komet. They were baseball. But, like, it's just really demanding to play multiple sports at the college level, especially when you're talking about, like, the off-season preparation. Um, Hmm. because the muscles that the muscle groups you're working on for basketball and football, like they just aren't the same, right? Like you're not going to be able to put on weight the same way for football when you're playing basketball. So to be out of that system and immediately show growth as a player to immediately be able to put weight on because he was listed at 210 at USC and then he weighed in 219 at the combine. So like to, to put that weight on to already be kind of filling out his body. I'm like, okay, like, this guy actually could just be like really sensational. Um, like it's possible that his production while really good actually still undersells like how good he can be. And the profile right now is already really good. His production's pretty good. That's what I liked yeah. about him. And yeah, I've got him and I could be wrong. I'm just starting to add combine stats. So like 219, 75 inches tall, 75.8, which gives him like a 26.7 BMI. As someone who's, looking more intently at the combine than I did ever do. Yeah. I mean, I care. I, I care about the BMI a lot at like the extremes. Like if he was six, like he was listed at six, five, and I think he came in at like mm. six, four. So like if he was six, five and two ten, like that's taller and skinnier than he is now. You know what I mean? Like to be, to be basically 10 pounds heavier than that. And then shorter, I'm like, okay, like he's actually, 
he's not like thick two C's, but like he's thick one C, you know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> and right. that's, that's still pretty good. Like that, that's good enough to get him into like the Jordy Nelson, the Mike Evans, the AJ Browns, like the guy's just a straight ball winner on the field. So I, I, I just really like the way he plays and that. And he's super young. He's one of the youngest guys in the class, which is a bonus. How does he play? Uh, like a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, cre- he creates, <laughs> I think like the thing that you see a lot online, and I know Ray has talked a lot about this, Ray G, but it's like, people will say, oh, like he doesn't separate, but like he does separate. He just doesn't separate in the way that people want him to. Like, I think people like think the- of separation as people think of separation as like distance between you and the defender, you know, but like separation can be totally different things. Like this guy creates so much separation at the point of the catch because he's so long. Like he knows how to position his body. He knows how to find the ball. Like if he couldn't separate, like would he be productive? Like I, I just don't probably not. Right. Like, so I, I, I just think that he's, I think he's fun. I think he's young. I know he's young. Um, and he's really productive. So I, the, the range of outcomes on him is just really, really good. Like, as comparables, we have Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Devontae Parker, Justin Blackman, Braylon Edwards, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Floyd, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Eric Decker. I mean, it's like hit, 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 hit. You know, like like so many of these guys are good or at least have had like one really good season. Um, yeah, I'd have no way of fact-checking you, by the way. You could completely lie. But the reason I asked, <laughs> the reason people should listen to what you say is because I trust. I, like, I know you know what you're talking about if you say that's how he's doing it. It is interesting how there's difference of opinions um, on tape, obviously, like there are with stats. But, like, uh, it reminds me, um, I was talking to Nate Hamilton, and I think that was a private chat, actually. So, uh, And he was saying one of his concerns with um, Jamar Chase last year was that he he couldn't see the separation. He was a, he wasn't separating out the way he liked. And then I talked to with Jeff Bell on the podcast about it, and um, Jeff was saying, "Well, he was a late separator. He he would he would stall it and and get lots of separation when he needed to later. And so sometimes you would miss that. Um, and Zach Reed had yet a third opinion, but it was more in line with Jeff Bell. So it's one of those things. I mean, you can talk to yeah. three really good tape evaluators, and you get these three very accurate and interesting perspectives and so london's how he's separating out i'm sure um is contested but i would trust what you see obviously because that's what you do and you're good at it uh you're right ultimately where i come in is like well however whatever he's doing he's separating well enough in the terms of the production so i don't like i'll just trust whatever he's doing is something that he can elevate which is why i like hearing what you have to say about it yeah your hit rate group there or your group of players that he's compared to that wasn't obviously just height and weight no 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 so i um I basically use a principal component analysis to fancy. It's really, it's actually like very simple. Like (laughs) um, it's like, I mean, the computer is doing the work for you. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm like, it's not like I have the the whiteboard behind me and I'm plotting, you know, like I was the best way to put this. Like if you could imagine like, just like caching the data with a net and like the different pieces of data that make it through the net, every time depending on like which way you're looking at it or whatever like that's basically what principal component analysis is so it's it's gonna like help group these players in buckets that make them similar so i i am looking at like some of the key stats basically um their weight draft position 
And then it's returning for me, basically like the players that are, that are closest, the players that look similar. Now, the, the reason that I, that I like doing this, there's a few reasons. Like when I started modeling, but like when I first started modeling for the draft, like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I was finding like point values, right? Like this is how many points they might score. Then it was like, all right, this is like the likelihood that they could score some number of points. And it's like, basically like every iteration of this process I came up with, I was like, I'm just getting one number. And like that one number doesn't feel fully representative of like what a player can be. Right. Like, oh, I, I, I know the feels like, that's not what I'm seeing. Yeah. That, and there's such a wide range that I, I, I want to know what that range is. Like I want to have some feel for what that range is. So I feel like using the player comps and looking at what prospects are most similar to these prospects, because it's not, it's not grading. It's not grading anything here. It's not like saying like, right, right. This it's player is, is X level good. And these are the players that are X level good minus one, you know, like it's not like in that group, it's just grouping them together based on literally how similar their profiles are. And then it's kind of up to us to, to look at it and be like, all right, this looks like a good outcome. This looks like a bad outcome. Um, That's interesting. So I, I like seeing it from that perspective because I, I feel like I'm getting a better picture it's, it's honestly very fascinating because the, the thing that I've written this a few times, like I don't use any of the athletic testing, like w- weights in there, but like, you know, no 40, none of that. And you'd really be surprised, like how consistent the process is in coming up with players who are actually like similarly built or like play similarly. Like, no, I, I, I guess, I guess my thesis would really just be that like certain kinds of athletes produce you know, they probably run certain kinds of routes and they ha- probably produce certain kinds of production profiles, you know, like no, it all, it all I kind of works back from the same thing. I think there's a lot of value in that idea. Um, as soon as you get rid of the combine, everything becomes clearer. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to make sure I understand it, because I don't, um, you're saying you're throwing a net and the things that get through the net are what they, what it uses to compare them. So you're, you can't like list certain things that you're using to compare them. It's just what actually is comparable. So I, I break it down to, I want to say there's like eight or 10 things. One, two, three. And the reason is similar to like, why it would be for like any kind of model. Like if you put too much stuff in, then there's going to be, it's going right, to be right. overfit. When you put them all in the net, like what are the ones that pop as being the most significant in gotcha. determining what's what, you know? No, I think that's a much better process than like my multilinear regression models, which take what you give it. And like you say, just spit out a single point number. And is that is that 17 the same as this other guy's 17? No, they actually, when I started to try and make a comps table, I was trying to do it through like my pre-draft model. And I was like, no, those players are nothing alike. What are you doing? <laughs> it was just coming up. The, the end result was similar, but they're all getting there, I guess, a certain different way. And I was like, this yeah. is not what I want. All right. So Drake London high and Jameis Williams low. Like, is Drake London the guy you want to leave every draft with? By the, sound, the way you're talking about him, you like, feel real confident about it. As long as, you know, he doesn't drop to the seventh round or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's my top receiver, but... It's like kind of cheating to say like the top guy on your board, like you want to leave every draft with them. Like I, right, right. I'm not picking not, high enough in enough leagues for that to be the case, you know. But um, uh, and he's not, he's not top three for me to be fair. So I am low, I guess. I like him, but not well enough. Yeah, but um, like low, but like this year, it's not really that low. I mean, like I would probably argue that like Burks, Wilson, London should be a tier. 
So like I, mm-hmm. so I, I actually would be curious to know who the third guy is that you have ahead of him. I don't, um, I, I don't hate that list, by the way. That's the thing. Like, like you said, I like these players. I'm not yeah. seeing a lot of things to hate about them. I just find them hard to pick apart. Yeah, I've got Burks. Then I have George Pickens as the other guy I've got in here. Wilson, oh, okay. and I've actually got London down a little bit further because I really ended up liking David Bell. I don't know what to do with Chris Olave either. So he's kind of in this thick tier with him. But Pickens is the one that you didn't mention, though, I think, or David Bell, maybe, that I probably like a little bit more. And it's interesting because I like, I was just talking about him um, on YouTube, Pickens and David Bell. Like, I like them kind of the same. Um, Obviously, Pickens had a much better combine, although weight-wise, David Bell had a better combine, if that's what your PCA comes up with. Um, But the thing that I kind of took away from the combine was Pickens could probably excel on more NFL teams in more varied ways because of his athleticism overall, whereas David Bell is probably a little more limited, but I'm not overly concerned with that because I think teams are going to draft them to do what they think they can do. So no, no. Either. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about those guys. Cause I think they're really interesting. Like I, all right. Um, like um, where's Pickens for you. Let's start there. Cause I wasn't, it was interesting. Like I, I started to talk about him being this more diverse player. And then I was looking at it. It's like the NFL is not going to like his size. Um, he was fast and we all look, you know, everyone runs to the 40 time as if it's literally the one that doesn't mean anything, but everyone runs to the 40 time and um, he was fast. So uh, we think of him as more athletic, but um, he was smaller. 195. Wait, no, yeah. no, no, no. 195, 75 <laughs> inches. I hate the fact that I have to put it in inches, but that's what I do for some of the some of those height adjusted, yeah. weight adjusted speed scores are just formulated that way. Bell came out thicker with a 28 BMI. <laughs> so what do you think of Pickens? I mean, widest range of outcomes in the class. Like uh, Yeah, right. <clears throat> the stats, like i I'm actually like working on his profile now. So I've been or like today. So I've been uh just like, could you imagine running worse than George Pickens, like to tear his ACL in, in the spring? I know. Like, right? and, and like, I think the question that I'm, the, there's really two things that I'm, that I'm trying, that I'm thinking about with Pickens. The first is like, what would we be thinking about Pickens if he just didn't play this year? Like if he was like, cause he came back eight months after he tore his ACL. Like he could have, he could have easily not played this season and just been like, yeah, like I'm just not ready. Like I'm looking for the NFL. Um, and then we wouldn't have this like four games, like five catches, like, like it ruins, it ruins his statistical profile. You know what I mean? Like it just completely like, like Luckily throw it away. It doesn't, like, I just literally throw it away if it's less than right. six games, which people get mad at when it's a positive season, like a Drake London season and really appreciate when it's a George Pickens. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that doesn't count. That, that 0.7 yards per team pass attempt i don't think that counts you know i don't right. think that's really what he's capable of so it, it really changes i mean it really changes a lot obviously how much of a stickler do i really like how, how much of a stickler do i want to be on the breakout because like technically yeah. he had like you know like 0.296 or something or two point, <laughs> you know as like a dominator as a freshman and it's like well like to me that kind of counts but like it doesn't come up in my thing because I'm just doing it like down to the decimal because I'm doing it automatically, you know, like, but it's yeah, like yeah. when you look at the profile as, and he's, and he's a skinny dude, which you mentioned. So like when you look at the profile from that perspective, you're kind of like, okay, well, he could be like a Calvin Ridley type of guy where like, Ooh. he's just a little skinnier. 
but he can play, you know, like he broke out at a young age, like all that stuff. Um, or like, it's possible that he's just not that good, you know, but like, I, but I think like the, the, the early career production is really impressive. Like, I, I think that gives him a really good ceiling. Georgia obviously is like, not a, not a very good passing team. Like that's another team where I'm just like, just like, I, I, if I, I don't go to Georgia, like if you're a receiver, please just don't go to Georgia. Like, <laughs> that's they, interesting. They send- Sorry, I, I just want to interject for a second because from my perspective where I know nothing about college, like the SEC East is better than say the Pac-12 South because of a drafted rate thing that I do. Mm-hmm. But Drake London's team, you weren't describing that way, in, uh, which is uh, Southern California, and Pickens' teams, you are. Like, is Georgia significantly worse than, say, Southern California? Because between conference, I've got no idea. Yeah, so, like, I guess Georgia is, like, there's two issues with them. Like, they their defense is amazing, so <laughs> they don't that's, end that's up in, not like... not a good problem to have, yeah. Gotcha. Right, so they don't <laughs> end up in, like, a lot of these situations where they have to throw the ball a lot, and right. they don't want to. Like they they want to like <laughs> run 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 right, run right. run. They've got and, all the um, teeth. Got it. <laughs> so so obviously we're obviously we're looking at market share. So it it doesn't mm-hmm. you know we're we're stripping that part out. But like you still want to see bit. you still want to see dudes play. Like you still want to see dudes ball out. And it's like when he came back, or even like his first couple of seasons, like he never had a, a an opportunity to have like that dominant year because they just don't do things like that. Pickens had a basically. A- two or over receiving yards per team pass attempt his first two years. So like with the breakout age thing, I just say he was good early. I think that's the decimal yeah. places and the breakout yeah. age. It's indicative of a player excelled well early. And I just, that's all good. Like that's, that's a ticked box right there. And London did, for example, I, I don't want to compare London directly to George Pickens. It's just in where we were talking about their teams. I thought that was interesting. Um, and he was at like 1.8, 1.9. So it's relatively similar. But I don't know. Uh, technically, Pickens is higher. And I don't have any way of comparing doing that on a Georgia team you just described versus a Southern California team. Like, is that better or worse to excel in a similar way and um, statistically adjusted per attempt per game um, in a, on a rushing team versus a receiving team? So I've got no way of knowing that but it is an interesting comparison point since they're relatively similar with pickens being slightly better um sorry i just derailed your thought for a, a thought i realize has no it's okay complete it's not even a question but yeah carry on <laughs> no like I, I just think that like pickens could like i would just believe anything i guess you know like if you told me he was aj green i'd be like he has okay. to put some weight on but like i guess i could kind of see it because he does like he does win like he can win in all these areas and he's he plays big and all that stuff if you told me he was like terrace marshall this year and he was gonna like go out there and oh, do nothing yeah. like i i believe that too you know like the the, the range of outcomes is really wide so I, I think with pickens like i try to care a lot more about ceiling for sure because right right that's what that's what makes us the money you know but like i don't want to like completely abscond floor and that's where like he's a little lower for me. I could see him. I could see. Mm-hmm. I could see myself like bringing him up, but I feel like right. I'm like speculatively low. I guess he's like my wide receiver seven. See, I'm trying um, to value value less because it doesn't matter. They're as good as they're gonna get. Uh, the their opportunity is gonna be what it is per the NFL landing spot is. And but I just I see a play like George Pickens, which 
like I say, is comparable to London. He's comparable to Burks in some ways, but Burks is distancing himself significantly in those last two years. Um, but I mean, he's in the tier, but he's the one everyone kind of passively lets slip. And in my head, I'm like, oh, great. I like him more because it's easy. And I shouldn't wait that, but I do. That's what, honestly, it's what pushed him to the head of this tier for me because it's just, I see similar overall production, early production as well. His weight's down, apparently, but I don't even look at that until I'm talking to you. And, um, <laughs> he was injured, man. Maybe that's just right. that's no, why. No, it's, it, it's and I'm like, true. so the guy that did similarly that I'm having a hard time separating out these players is it's a value thing, and that doesn't matter at all. But I see similar potential and and overall production, and he's a guy that seems to be passively falling, not because people don't like him, but because they really like Drake London and they really like. Um, and no, Garrett Wilson. And so that's honestly what's elevating him in my ranks. And it's yeah. it's crappy of me. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't just take the guy that falls. But I'm like, they're actually pretty similar in production. So I don't I don't know what to do. But that's why he's rising for me. It's like a counter reaction, which is terrible. I think, I think it's interesting because the injury history guys last year got crushed in the draft. Like, yeah. Harris Marshall, I thought, fell too far. Like, you know, versus like what we were – but basically like versus what was – projected you know like a bunch of these guys who were injured i thought fell a lot further and some of that i'm attributing to covid because they couldn't get the medical tests as easily on these guys so i'm wondering if like this year we have a little bit of a bounce back there because that's where like a guy like pickens like if teams are just looking at the best possible version of him and they're not as worried about the injuries like that's where like him being like a late first rounder is possible you know like it's possible or an early second rounder but like I said, the same token, if they if they continue to ding these injury guys, like maybe he's a third rounder, and then we have to look at him a little differently than probably we're looking at him now. So I'm I, I, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in <laughs> we're not on we're not on Twitter anymore, so we're, 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 we're talking. So Calm I, down, Pete. You're not on um, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so so Pickens is uh, I think really interesting from that perspective. That, the other guy you mentioned, who I, I, I'm in love with David Bell. I'm in love with David Bell. Oh, you're right. I, if I could count six game seasons, he has clearly the best season age adjusted that I can find. Like his breakout age, uh, 30% threshold at age 19. I, I think he's the only guy who did that in this class. Like breakout age, Twitter's going to hate, hate this class, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me good things about David Bell. I need it after that 4 six forty. <laughs> well so again like this is where like this is where i love the comps because like the comps they, they oh, bring nice. me the they bring me all these guys who are like also not super athletic guys and the guys that come up as the highest you know that, that come up the closest to him Devonte adams keenan allen robert woods and um again like not great measured athleticism but guys who like for lack of a better term, like they can just play football. Like they're just good. It's, it like, is interesting the way it's not using that stuff, but it pulls up similar players in that stuff. Uh, that's really interesting. Karen, sorry, Karen. No. Yeah. So w when I look at bell, I'm seeing a guy who outproduced Rondale Moore. Like they, the sample size of games that they played together is like very small, but you know, 2020 he had, he had better production than Rondell Moore in the three games that they played. Um, mm -hmm. 
obviously yeah, has talk like, about a weird team situation. Purdue has not been the fantasy proving ground for us. Right, right. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it is notable that he played with a second round pick and and did really well. Um, so when I see like three point two adjusted yards per play, like yep. over two point three career receiving yards per team pass attempt, like the team really fed him the ball fifteen percent of uh touch it team touches for his career like and he's using the ground game like he just has a really diverse skill set and i know that you know he's not a burner so he's not gonna you know he runs the four six five he's not gonna win down the field whatever well, he's not gonna but, weigh the win down the field the way tyree kill does that's what they're right sure, but. right <laughs> but like who cares like the points that you get from scoring from catching the ball on a six yard slant route and getting tackled four further yards down the field. Like they, they all count the same. So like now you're talking my language. <laughs> a guy like yeah. Bell, a guy like Bell, like <laughs> he he's he's good at he's if he's good and he gets targets, I don't care. Like if he ends up with a bad quarterback or in a worse situation, like maybe he can only be like a a, a receiver too. But like at the end of the day, like I feel really good about the fact that David Bell can play effing football. You know, like, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and that's really difficult to pin down for a lot of players. So to have that, all you know, to feel good about that with him, like I'm not going to argue about the rest with the with the measurements. You know, I should just stop talking about wide receivers, to be honest. So let me segue you over to steal your professional word because I forgot what those were. <laughs> um, to running back, what do you think of this sure. running back class? Get you out oh, of here on low note, I guess. <laughs> it's it's it. Oh, see, I, I'm oh, gonna heavy. I'm gonna spin this on you because I I think it's oh, deep. Nice. I think it's Ooh. you know I, I think we have one guy who is a stone cold stud, and that's Brees Hall. Obviously, like yeah, he is With a you. guy. He is a one A. He's a dude. If it was if this was five years ago, he'd be a first round pick. Does he go one on one for you? Just talking fantasy now, because you've got a, a a one running back, and you know Drake London is your one at wide receiver who might fall a little bit, so you can get him towards the middle of the end address. So, like if you were ranking this class in terms of you have yeah. every pick, would Brees, would you go running back? Because I mean, they produce earlier. He right. looks like a dude, but normally we like to lean wide receiver, especially in wide receiver heavy classes. So no, yeah, it, it's an interesting question. Like I, I don't have an answer to be clear. I'm throwing you I, something. Uh, I, I don't right know. Right now we have him fourth. <laughs> like right now I have him behind the top tier wideouts. Ooh, so nice. I have him fourth. But I could definitely see myself moving him up. But because of what you said, it's just like I'm just like such a I'm just such a stickler with the wide receivers. That I mean, it, no, really, it's it, it, it's a it's a blessing and a curse. You know, like I just. I'm like, like, oh yeah, draft, get the running backs early in their careers, like everything you said. And then when I look at the rankings, I'm like, man, like even if he's like my running back eight, like I don't yeah, even think that it's, it's good what, enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's so like it's, um, uh, if it's tough. Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley, that guy at the head of the running back class, you're like, okay, you fade, you can fade wide receiver there, that's fine. But it just yeah, I mean, I guess like if he goes track. to a place right, if he goes to like Miami, and he's Ooh the lead running back in a Shanahan style offense. Like, yeah, (laughs) you can can tell me there, you know, like, but like, like like, situations matter so much. Like like Javante Williams, like we love Javante Williams. Like he's good. And he's going to be really good next year. If if Melvin Gordon doesn't come back, but it's like, right. You know, like you wouldn't have taken that guy over. 
I won't say Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase is a stud, but like you wouldn't have taken him over Jalen Waddle. Like I would still prefer right. Jalen Waddle, you know, like Waddle so... almost as well, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. right. You're right. All right. I, I don't want to derail you too much, but that was really fun. Thanks. I, I think that's actually something actionable talking about if you take the running back first of the wide receiver, it's going to be a question this year. Do you take yeah. your favorite tight end shot towards the end of the, or the quarterback in the one QB? Uh, no, right. I think it's going to be a question this year. Um, but you were saying running backs, you've got Brees Hall at the top. Yeah. And then I, I, I just think that it's really deep. So like, it, this is where, like, if you miss out on Brees Hall, cause I, I do think the running backs, the receivers, sorry, kind of like run out, but yeah. the, the draft is really deep. Right. I mean, we can say this now because none of these guys are on teams, but like, <laughs> there's a lot of players that I can see being productive. Like Kenneth Walker is the other guy that I think has like a pretty good ceiling spiller, right. but like Rashad white, I could see this guy producing in PPR leagues immediately. Um, Tyler Algier. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. That's how I'm going to pronounce it from BYU. Brian Robinson. Like those are kind of like your early down bangers. Like again, like on the right team, like they can be productive. Like James Cook, he's going to catch passes. Damian Pierce is an early down guy. Pierre Strong. I really, really like Pierre Strong. He's an FCS oh, guy. FCS so guy. Um, but ran a sub four, four at the combine. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry for his career, uh, which is just really hard to do. Like, I don't think it, like, I don't <laughs> right. care what, what level of football you play at. Like you carry the ball over 600 times and you average over seven yards per carry. Like that's really, really good. That is tough um, to do. So I just think it's a really deep class. Now we, we lost Kyron Williams, RIP, because he's like the least. Oh, he's running back. now. He's like that's the least athletic six. running back I've ever seen in my life. Really. Like, <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's so rough. They're like, <laughs> but okay. well, all weekend, all week, all week, all I'm hearing is, oh, Indy, you know, the fast track. Yeah. The laser's yeah, fast yeah. this week. And then Kyron Williams runs a 4.65. So what does that mean? So he's a 4.75? You know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> like I, I don't know what to do with that. So, oh, right. you know, maybe he's not as good. But, but there's, I guess my point is to say, like, I think that the draft class probably goes like eight or ten deep on guys who are useful and the scouts are kind of all saying the same thing. They're like, you know, I don't know how many, how many a guys we have, but they think that rounds three, four are going to be really rich with running back this year. And I'm really uh, sad that you've mentioned this many running backs and Tyler Batty has yet to come up ever since the combine. No one's mentioned mighty mouse. Like I, <laughs> I like Tyler Batty pretty well. Well, Tell me about him. Cause I don't really wise. know much. You don't um, Missouri sec East. Um, got a 29 BMI, 197 pounds, 68 inches tall, just to tell you the things you probably actually care about. But I found him, you know, productions and running backs, uh, just, it's what it is. Uh, story time. Yeah, there we go. And 2017, Larry Andrew joined Missouri Gators. I don't know what the team's called. And became the running back two behind Ish Walker. In 2018, he became the running back one. The reason I'm talking about Larry Roundtree is that Tyler Bally also joined the team that second year and became the running back three. And when Roundtree went, uh, Roundtree got demoted to the running back two by Tyler Batty. Essentially, he became the most, uh, the highest producer, especially on a points per game basis. But Roundtree was able to hold on to like, what was the percentage? Like 66% of the team's total rushing touchdowns, which is a lot. That's a lot of rushing touchdowns to hold on, which is to me, it's even more impressive. Batty was the points per game leader with Roundtree doing that. And when Roundtree leaves, 
Batty gets those rushing touchdowns and just becomes kind of the three-down workload. He's got a pretty good receiving element to his game, two years with 20 press receptions. And coming from a conference that the NFL does not draft, as Larry Rantry's kind of evidence of Missouri, it's got like a sure. 6% drafted rate. But overall, especially when you consider the context of the fact Rantry's there and stealing targets, Rantry had some interest in the draft last year, didn't get a lot of draft capital, but um, Rantry just seemed to get pushed aside except for those rushing touchdowns by Batty and the fact he's a receiver I thought it was pretty interesting and then he ran well at the combine I thought you know he ran a what was it a 4-4 four, 4-4-5 four, 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 like pretty fast yeah he's a receiver he might be a little undersized for the running back position at 197 pounds but it's not yeah. impossible um and I know I just liked him I thought and I don't hear anything about him didn't hear much before the combine and hardly hear anything now, but that just might be my bubble. But the fact that you're like, who, who's that uh, kind of confirms that for me. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I have him ranked obviously, but he's oh, ranked course, back 13, you know, like I I'm sure you've really... looked, but he's not yeah. on the top of your mind at all, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and I, don't oh, think, I think the issue is, I think the issue is I'm not sure where he gets drafted. That's and right. um sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, Missouri is not that big. I think the Roundtree thing is interesting. I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, also Rashad White. I thought he was really yeah. interesting once you take out the pat- once you take into account the pattern of his production. I thought he just keeps getting held back from playing, and then every time he plays, he plays. Man, um, I think, um, and he showed out at the combine as well pretty well. I thought he catches a million passes, so it's like there you go. <laughs> like if he's good, if he's Bigger James White or something like that's still super valuable. All right, sorry. Now, um, you say deep, but who's really standing out to you? Like those are my two. I think Baddie's interesting, or however you actually say his name. Sorry to his mother, um, and Rashad White. Um, probably my two two of my biggest, you know, later guys in a maybe deeper class than some are thinking of running mm-hmm. back. Tyler Agier, I get uh, mentioned to me a lot. I think he's decent. And sincere McCormick as well as someone that stood out early. Yeah, I was liking McCormick a little bit. I, he didn't test as well, so I'm not, I'm not positive where he's going to go. Um, yeah. I think the NC State running backs are interesting. Zonovan Knight. Um, I think Zamir White, the other Georgia running back, is interesting. Like These are just later round guys. But I, I would say that Pierre Strong, Damian Pierce, those are, the, those are probably the guys that I would those say. Those are guys? Yeah, that I don't I've got to go look about. into them. I don't yeah, even know. I, really like. I don't. I mean, the FCS guys. It's so hard. It's so hard to know about these FCS guys. But it's like, yeah, I hate it. Strong, I don't man. can't capture their stats. And when I do, like their stats are so hard to compare oh, dear, to players playing. It's or I, like I stopped adding them. It's like this is doing bad things. Like just accept if they get drafted or undrafted into the NFL, they probably have really good stats. <laughs> like that's I just. Yeah, they're just not really comparable, unfortunately. I don't think you answered my question, though. It was kind of thrown at you as a half question, though. Like, um, Ronald Jones on tape versus Walker on tape. Is Walker is is Walker like a preternaturally gifted runner, or is it just really good and impressive oh, yeah. to watch? Yeah, no, I mean, way different. Like, Oh, okay. Walker Walker's really good. Like, I just... Ronald Jones was like a guy that people were like, oh yeah, like he tested fast, but like he's kind of stiff, like he's kind of want, he's like not really going to be cutting, like whatever. Like Kenneth Walker can boogie. Like, all right, I'm just smooth. checking because someone who doesn't evaluate it, I get the sense people are saying like you just get a special feat, like a tight 
pants tightening feeling when you see him work. And I'm like, that's different than just a good runner. That's, and it's a little hard to hold up my nerdy little 20 receptions. (laughs) He might get a nice receiving floor to someone you genuinely think has his talent that most don't. Not to get a little excited, but yeah, I mean, like if I could get like a written statement that he's going to catch forty fast, <laughs> that's what it would say. Okay, <laughs> I would need to, I would need to hear Shanahan banging in the table. I mean, dude, Brees Hall, Brees Hall, <laughs> that dude, like Brees Hall, Brees Hall, profile wise, like yeah, oh, sure, just strip I, I everything out and just look at what he's done and just look and the athletic profile. He's yep. just as good as Saquon Barkley. He's just as good as wow the guys who go who have gone like in the top five. Like he is that dude. Him neat I, I think that's 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 a mic drop moment right <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna sick one barkley but i wouldn't take him one overall i get you i get you no i actually really i and i guess i just write pierre strong in i'm not gonna hit a profile him but i think that's i i love it when you mention a name because then i get to know it without knowing anything about it all right um like where are you at where where can people find you yeah, so most of the work right now is that establish the run. That's where all the dynasty stuff is going to be. Um, once we get closer to the season, I'll be doing some stuff with football guys, projections, maybe some best ball stuff. We're kind of like still figuring out, I guess, what uh, what the football guys content will look like. But uh, definitely at ETR is where you can find all the stuff that we basically talked about on this show, which would be like the rookie rankings, the dynasty rankings, the player profiles, and um, – yeah, we're just gonna keep we're gonna keep churning them out. I'm I'm hoping to get as many as we can. Um, it would be nice to get. I want to at least get through the first two rounds worth of players, preferably three, um, for super flex leagues, and that would be. Uh, I think that'd be really valuable. So, just check that out. Um, but yeah, check out uh, Amico at the uh, at Amista at Amista yeah. on Twitter. Amista, right? yeah. Um, and establish the run for sure. Uh, for for more great stuff. Really appreciate you, man. Thanks very much. Always good to talk to you, man. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. No, I, I I still like Rondo more for being honest, but I'm just but I just Me don't too, want I just to trade him for him. I feel like a sucker. <laughs> but I just don't I just don't want to like